Sacramento Kings head coach Luke Walton has a good problem this season that he didn't have last season. However, he cannot afford to get it wrong. Rashawn Holmes has a new contract and have the expectations changed for him now as the well-paid starting center for the Kings. And Marvin Bagley has a new coach that I think is fantastic for his development. It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, Full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January all the way through to December. This is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Kings media member, Sacramento sports media member for the last seven years. This will be my eighth season covering the Kings, formerly with Sports 1140 KHDK Radio in Sacramento, now with ABC 10 News here in the California capital. And we have a lot of topics to discuss today, as you can tell by the intro. Three very different things. Luke Wall. Walton, Rashawn Holmes, and Marvin Bagley. And I'm excited to tackle all three of those topics today. However, we probably won't get to everything today. These are three broad conversations that are going to be brought up, I'm sure, again before the regular season begins and maybe even multiple times throughout the regular season. So I want your involvement. I want to get your opinions on the things that I'm talking about. There's no guests today, just the two of us trying to figure things out. Uh, so make sure you send your thoughts to me via Twitter at Matt George Sack, S-A-C. Uh, you can email me at any time, Sports at gmail.com, or feel free if you're watching on YouTube to leave your thoughts in the comment section down below. But three very different topics, and we're going to start with what I think is the most important one, not just for today's podcast out of the three topics, but probably throughout this entire season. Because if Luke Walton does not manage this, if Luke Walton does not get this right, the Kings have absolutely no chance of making the playoffs, number one. And number two, Luke Walton is probably out of a job before the season ends. I'm talking about managing rotations. On yesterday's Locked On Kings podcast, I had Jason Jones of The Athletic on, and he and I talked about uh, this Kings training camp roster and looked at which pieces could potentially be starters, which pieces were competing for starter roles, which pieces uh, were competing for minutes off of the bench. And we were trying to figure this out. And Jason and I both discussed how this is a good problem to have for the Sacramento Kings. Compare this roster heading into training camp to the Kings roster last season. Now, of course, we were trying to be optimistic. I know I was trying to uh, look at Glenn Robinson the third last year and Corey Joseph as solid pieces off the bench. And I still believe Corey Joseph is and was a solid piece off the bench. But you compare the depth of this team now to what it was at the start of last season, it's significantly different. It's a good problem for Luke Walton to have to try and figure out how he is going to get playing time for all these players. But if he gets this wrong, if he fails to manage his rotations, if he fails to recognize which players work in certain situations to put his best starting lineup out there, to put his best closing lineup out there, this team is not going to succeed. A lot has to go right for the Kings to make the playoffs this year. Now, 
I would say uh, only a, a, a good amount of things have to go right for the Kings to make the play in, but to make the actual playoffs, whether it's through the playing round or getting a top six seed, which would be a massive improvement for the Sacramento Kings team. I don't think that's the expectation. The expectation for the Kings is to get in the play and hopefully it's a seven or eight seed. So they'll at least have one home game in this play-in scenario. So maybe that's the ultimate goal for the Sacramento Kings this season. But for them to get out of the play-in and to get actually into the playoffs, I'm talking about a seven-game series round or best-of-seven series, things need to go right, especially when it comes to the Kings rotation. And here's the reality with Luke Walton is maybe last season, he didn't use it as an excuse. We all used it as an excuse for him. That excuse of not having that deep of a bench and that having effect on the Sacramento Kings and their consistency, that is gone. That is gone. Now the Kings might be inconsistent with, with which players are playing on a nightly basis, but that doesn't have to be a bad thing unless players on this roster complain about not having clearly defined roles. So Luke Walton has to clearly define the roles of his players and figure out when to use those players because the Kings have too much talent on this roster to just have a set eight or nine guys play and everybody else just gets garbage time minutes. This team is has just too much talent for that. I mean, I can name 10 guys right now other than, uh, well, I'll, I'll name five guys other than the probable starting five. Buddy Heald, Marvin Bagley, Terrence Davis, Alex Len, Tristan Thompson right there. That's five guys. Not to mention um, Mo Harkless, that's number six. Uh, Chemezi Metu, that's number seven. Some may say Damian Jones. I don't know if I, I fit him uh, into that conversation or into that category yet, but those are seven guys right there probably coming off your bench that can all play at this level and be effective. So how do you find a way to utilize more four of them consistently? Well, a lot of it's going to have to do with matchups. A lot of it's going to have to do with finding how those seven guys off the bench fit in with some of your starters. In no situation should the Kings go this season without, and I didn't even mention Davion Mitchell. Jeez, that's eight right there. And there should be no scenario this Kings season where one or where all three of Fox, Halliburton, and Mitchell are off the floor, barring injury. Of course, if, if all three get injured or two out of the three get injured, knock on every bit of wood around me, then that changes things. But if this team is perfectly healthy, there is no scenario where at least one of the three of them is not on the floor, if that makes sense. So it's figuring out then how to use those complementary bench pieces and even starter pieces in the right rotations with those players. Which players fit with Davion Mitchell style off the bench? Does Davion Mitchell fit better with Fox or Tyrese Halliburton? Do you run that three-guard lineup that we've talked a lot about? These are a lot of questions that Luke Walton has to find out and Luke Walton has to answer. And I will say, I, I did say earlier that the Kings' depth is more solid this season, and I, I do believe that. However, there is the gap at the wing spot. Really, the only wing depth the Sacramento Kings have is Harrison Barnes and Mo Harkless. So both of those guys are going to get significant playing time. Some may argue Terrence Davis can play there. I look at him more as a two-guard and in a backcourt than I would as a wing uh, in the front court. But if the Kings want to go small and there are going to be more than enough opportunities for the Kings to go small, I expect the Kings to play small a lot this season. It's Luke figuring out what those small lineups look like. And it really starts with the three and four spots in the starting lineup. Like to me, there's no way that you don't start Tyrese Halliburton this year. If the Kings start on opening night and Buddy Heald is starting over Tyrese Halliburton, I guess I'd need the context of how training camp went, but it wouldn't make any sense to me. Like De'Aaron Fox and, and, and Tyrese Halliburton and Rashawn Holmes probably have to, well, 
maybe Harrison Barnes too. Four out of the five starting positions should be relatively secure. That fifth starting position, that's the, that's what Marvin, or rather uh, Luke Walton has to figure out. And does he go with Marvin Bagley and play Harrison Barnes at the three? Or does he play Harrison Barnes at the four and maybe go small with Buddy Hield at three? Or maybe Mo Harkless plays either the three or the four as the that two-wing hybrid alongside Harrison Barnes. What about um, Tristan Thompson? Tristan Thompson, he's oversized maybe for the four, but he does a lot of things that the Kings need. That would be a, a lineup on the bigger side, maybe not the most athletic for getting up and down the floor. These are all questions that Luke Walton is going to have to figure out during training camp. And it's not as important for him to get the starting lineup right as it is for him to get the closing lineup right. And what does that closing lineup uh, look like? Maybe early in the season, you can get away with Davion Mitchell not being a part of that closing lineup, favoring De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. I would understand that. But if Davion turns into the defender that we think he can be, not to mention the playmaker that he hopefully can be as a primary ball handler coming off the bench, you got to find a way to play the man, especially in crunch time when you need stops. So does that mean that you're playing that three-guard lineup that we've heard a lot about, going small with Fox, Halliburton, uh, and Davion Mitchell on the floor all at the same time? Or does maybe Tyrese take a back seat? That seems crazy to think about, especially with how clutch Tyrese was from three-point range. Fox isn't coming out of the game unless he's in foul trouble. That's a question that uh, that Luke Walton has to figure out and has to get right. What about the big men in that scenario? Does Marvin Bagley do enough to earn his way into that closing lineup? How about Buddy Heald, who will want to be a part of that closing lineup? And especially if you're down and you need some quick three-pointers and some quick buckets, I expect uh, Mar- or, uh, Buddy Heald to be on the floor. Terrence Davis could argue that he deserves to be in that spot too with the ability for him to go out and get a bucket. There's also Harrison Barnes that's very comf- comfortable and confident in those spots. Then you took about the big man position, Alex Len, if you need more size down low, Rashawn Holmes for both scoring and hopefully rim protection. Like These are all things that are going to vary. I think my overall point is I don't expect Luke Walton's lineups and rotation to be set in stone. Maybe his starting lineup for the most part is set in stone, but I expect it to adapt based off of who the Kings are playing. The Kings roster is good. It's better, but it's not good enough for you to have a set nine, eight or nine man rotation that other teams know and have to match and still have no no idea how to do it. Like the Kings have to be willing to change. Luke Walton has to be willing to experiment a little bit, but he has to figure things out quickly because the Kings can't waste a quarter of the season figuring out those lineups only to fall into a hole that more than likely they will struggle to dig their way out of. These are all things that Luke Walton has to take into account. Where does Chemezi Metu fit in? I think that's a major question. Chemezi Metu, I thought, was very effective with the Sacramento Kings last season. Effective enough to earn a contract, provided some good minutes. Is he behind both Tristan Thompson and Alex Len? I'm not even going to bring up Damian Jones. I don't know where he gets on the floor at all with this team. And I'm, for the, honestly, I'm, I'm okay with that. What about Terrence Davis? The Kings have four main guards right now with Fox, Halliburton, Heald, uh, and uh, Davion Mitchell. And I think some would argue that Terrence Davis may be better in certain spots than Buddy Heald because you can rely on Davis a little more on the defensive end of the floor and he can do more than just shoot threes. Although Buddy has worked to to be able to put the ball on the floor and, and, and score around the basket, but that hasn't been consistent enough. Where does Terrence Davis fit into things? There's so many questions 
with this team. And like I said, it's a good problem for Luke Walton and the Kings to have, but if Luke Walton gets these rotations wrong, if he cannot figure out how to effectively manage the depth on this team and put the best units out there together based off of competition. Now, you don't want to completely match what your competition is trying to do or try and beat them at their own game. You'd like them to adapt to you in some ways as well, meaning you use the speed of De'Aaron Fox and partner that with athleticism to try and get up and down the floor. You don't want to slow De'Aaron Fox down to match a speed of an older team like the Lakers, right? But at the same time, too, you might be more willing to play Alex Len against the Los Angeles Lakers because you need to size down low to deal with Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis. That's what I'm talking about. Has to be more lucid. But the Kings have to figure that out quickly. And if Luke Walton doesn't figure that out quickly, not only will the Kings be bad in a hole, I truly believe Luke Walton will be out of a job. If the Kings are bad, Luke Walton does not make it to the end of the season. But if the Kings are good, Luke Walton probably gets another contract with the Kings. And that's what everybody should be rooting for, even if you're not a fan of Luke Walton. And I understand concern with Walton's rotations. He did some things with his rotations last season that were major questions marks to me. One of the main ones was refusing to really start and play Tyrese Halliburton alongside De'Aaron Fox for heavy minutes. Maybe that changes now that you have a more primary ball handler off the bench in Davion Mitchell. And maybe you're more comfortable playing Buddy Heald alongside Davion Mitchell, who can take some of the defensive load off of Buddy and also facilitate. So now you feel more comfortable playing Fox and Halliburton together. It's a lot of questions to try and answer over these two weeks of training camp, or even less than that, because preseason starts in, what, five days or something like that? A lot of questions to be answered, and it'll be interesting to see what those rotations start to look like during preseason. But send me your thoughts on this Kings rotation, which players you think should be playing, which players shouldn't be playing. And get ready to send me your thoughts too on Rashawn Holmes and expectations for him now that he has his new contract. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Before that though, want to let you know that today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Sweatblock, the antiperspirant wipes that work better than anything else on the market. They're doctor created, they're doctor recommended, they work for up to seven days per use, and they come with a dry shirt guarantee. Meaning if sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. They've been featured and t- tested on the Rachel Ray show, used by firefighters, so it can handle their hot climate. It's a bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years, has over 13,000 reviews for you to go and check out. It's currently number one on Amazon in their anti-perspirant category, manufactured in the USA and super easy to get. Not only can you get it on Amazon, you can also get it at your local CVS pharmacy if you prefer not to online shop. Or if you do like online shopping and also like discounts, you can go on to uh, Sweatblock's website and make sure you use a uh, the promo code Locked On for 20% off at Sweatblock. Dot com. Take advantage of these antiperspirant wipes. They will not let you down. Get rid of those sweat stains. Get rid of the discomfort with sweat block. Locked on Kings is also brought to you by Rock Auto. And with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models and auto parts out there, it's really impossible for your local chain auto parts store to carry all the parts that you need. And if you want to endure that intimidating questioning only to be cornered into the one part that they happen to carry at their set price point that is way more than you have to spend, Hey, be my guest. Go ahead and take that route. But you don't have to anymore because you have Rock Auto. You can find it online. You can use it on your phone. Rock Auto will save you time and it will save you money. You can spend 30, 50, or even 100% more at chain stores than what you spend on rockauto.com. I firsthand have saved a couple hundred dollars by shopping for auto parts on Rock Auto after I ran over a, 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 a tire or a shredded tire 
on the freeway. Rock Auto saved me a lot of time and saved me a massive headache. It's easy to navigate. I have no clue about cars. I know nothing about cars. And it was easy for me to figure out what I needed. If it's easy for me, it's going to be a piece of cake for you. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Rashawn Holmes spoke with the Sacramento Kings media for the first time. We didn't get to speak to him on media day, but he did speak with Kings media after day one of training camp yesterday. Uh, and he was his typical happy, positive Rashawn self. But one thing that he said stood out to me, I know it stood out to a lot of people is that he really didn't test the open market too much. He was pretty set on returning to the Sacramento Kings. He knew the Kings wanted him. And for the deal that the Kings got him at, I, it was it was less money than I expected. I, I can't actually remember the deal right in front of me. I might have to Google it, but it's somewhere in like the $44, $45 million uh, range total for contract, not per year, obviously. Um, but that surprised me that he didn't try and test the market. Maybe that's not necessarily true. Maybe they did try and test the market and the interest just wasn't there as they expected. I'm not saying Rashawn is trying to save face or calling him a liar by any means. Uh, but it, it surprises me if his agent and his camp chose to not try and, and, and see what their value was elsewhere. But regardless, he's a Sacramento King. He's happy to remain a Sacramento King. But my question is, now Rashawn has gone from being arguably the best bargain player in the NBA to, I still think he's a, a he's a, a bargain on the deal that he signed, but expectations are now higher because of the bag that he just collected. They're not astronomically high. They're not nearly as high as the expectations that we'd have for De'Aaron Fox with the Supermax that he signed, or even the expectations for Buddy Hield or Harrison Barnes with the 20 plus million dollar contracts that they have. It's not that high, but no longer can we excuse any pitfalls in Rashawn Holmes' game or his sometimes inability to stay healthy as, well, he's a bargain contract. He's already a steal for the Sacramento Kings. The positives far outweigh the negatives, especially on that contract. That part is gone because you're now paying Rashawn Holmes to be your starting center. So really there are three areas of Rashawn's game that can improve. But one thing that cannot change at all is the thing that got Rashawn Holmes paid. And I'm talking about the effort that he plays with on a nightly basis. The effort that Rashawn has played with and how he has grinded from his time at Bowling Green to his time with the Phoenix Suns, the Philadelphia 76ers, and all of a sudden carving out a starter role for himself for the last two years here in Sacramento. The effort and hustle that he's played with that has gotten him this far and got him that contract that cannot change. Now, let me be very clear about this. I don't know Rashawn Holmes personally. I've had good interactions with him and I've watched him play a lot over the past two seasons. There is not a doubt in my mind that Rashawn is going to continue to play with the effort and intensity that he's played with to this point. But my point is, we should never question that. We've never had to question that in the past. And now that he's gotten paid, we should extra never have to question that. And I don't think we will for the record. But there are three areas of Rashawn's game that he can improve. And I'm honestly actually going to throw up a bonus fourth, but the fourth one isn't as important as the first three. Number one is rim protection. If Rashawn is going to be your starting center, especially as an athletic big man with a team that's as bad as the Kings have been defensively, they need more of an interior presence around the rim. And they have guys like Tristan Thompson and Alex Len that can provide that to some capacity off the bench. But we know Rashawn Holmes is going to play the majority of those center minutes. 
If he's going to play the majority of center minutes, you want to have a center that can provide an interior presence. I'm not expecting him to average two plus blocks a game. I'm not expecting him to all of a sudden turn uh, into like a, a vintage Tyson Chandler or uh, Sergi Baca with how well he was able to protect the rim back in the day. I'm not expecting that. But I'm expecting him to know how to contest and stay out of foul trouble. I'm expecting that block number to come up a little bit. And I'm expecting him to be a defensive starting caliber center. And I don't think those are unrealistic expectations. So that's number one. Number two is rebounding. The Kings as a whole, the entire team need to get better rebounding. And we know Rashawn Holmes is, is kind of undersized for that center position. He's not seven feet tall. He's not as beefy as some of the bigs out there. And that's why I'm saying, like we talked about in the last segment, you might, when you're playing a team like the Denver Nuggets and going up against a guy like Nikola Jokic, you might be more willing to give minutes to Alex Len or Tristan Thompson in those spots who have bigger bodies that can battle down low and secure rebounds that maybe Rashawn isn't as effective in. But when Rashawn is on the floor, he needs to secure more rebounds. And that, that goes for the entire team, but especially him as your starting center who now has gotten paid. So the rebounds definitely need to come up. Number three, and this might be the biggest one, is just his availability and his ability to stay healthy. Honestly, the biggest negative with Rashawn Holmes has been his inability to stay healthy. Now, it's been overshadowed by Marvin Bagley's inability to stay healthy. But I talked about this recently on ESPN 1320 with Damian Barling and, and Kenny Carraway. And I think I've talked about this on the Locked On Kings podcast before. And not to try to really point out a flaw of Rashawn, I'm not trying to make this a negative conversation at all, but if Marvin Bagley wasn't a king, or if Marvin didn't have the injury issues that he had, I think fans would be more annoyed or less reliant upon Rashawn Holmes because he has missed a significant amount of time over the last two years. Not nearly as much time as Marvin Bagley has, but he has missed large chunks of time. And that's had an effect on the Sacramento Kings and their consistency at that center spot. Now, to be fair too, it didn't matter as much that he missed that much time because like I said, he was a bargain contract. He's no longer a bargain contract. He's being paid to be available. So he has to be available. And the Kings need him. The Kings absolutely need Rashawn Holmes to play at his best if they want a chance to make the playoffs this year. And then the fourth, the kind of bonus thing for him to focus on is, is spacing the floor. And he's worked on his outside shot. I've watched him in warmups before games, and he has the capability of stretching the floor. But of course, wide open warmup threes and in-game threes are very different. If he could creep that average up to one made three or like one and a half made threes per game, I think that would be fantastic. But that seems like a big ask. So we'll have to wait and see how much more comfortable Luke Walton is in allowing Rashawn to take that shot because spacing is always going to be a question when Rashawn Holmes is on the floor, especially in the modern NBA with how many teams play five out. And when you want to have the paint as open as possible for guys like De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton to go to work, that's always going to be an issue if Rashawn is dragging the big man rim protector in their way. So those are the three slash four main areas of improvement that the Kings need out of Rashawn Holmes. At minimum, he has to be the same player that he's been. And if he is the same player that he's been, he's worth the money. But if he can get even better, he's not only extra worth the money, the Kings are probably a playoff time. They're probably a playoff team if Rashawn Holmes and the rest of the team uh, can improve in all those areas that I just listed. Marvin Bagley has a new coach. No, I'm not talking about Luke Walton. 
but there's a new member of the Sacramento Kings staff that you and I know very, very well. He's been on this Locked On Kings podcast a number of times. I had the opportunity to work with him for many, many years. He is now working directly with Marvin. I'm going to talk about that coming up next. Before that, though, today's episode of Locked on Kings is brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the planet. Built Bars, they taste like candy bars. They're covered in 100% chocolate, but they're healthy for you. They come in a variety of different great flavors like raspberry, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream. My favorite is mint brownie, and they have a new bar that they just sent to me, and I gobbled them up within two days, cookie dough. I love cookie dough ice cream. I love mint brownie ice cream. Those are my two favorite ice creams. And these built bars taste exactly, with the exception of the cool, they taste exactly like mint chip ice cream and like cookie dough ice cream. That's why I love them so much. And they're good for you. So you can have the opportunity right now to try out all these bars by ordering a mixed box on built.com. And don't just take my word for it. Check out the packaging to see how good these bars are for you. I'm talking 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180. That's it. Only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs. When you do order a box on built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. If you're looking to make some money on this Sacramento Kings season, or if you're looking to make some money every single Sunday on NFL action, Bet Online is the best place for you. All eyes are on the gridiron right now as teams are back to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for pro and college football action this season, in addition, of course, to NBA and NCAA basketball. With a new updated site, interface even more odds props and contests betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything sports gambling head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100 welcome bonus that's double your initial deposit just for signing up don't forget to use promo code locked or rather nfl 100 to cash in on that deal from football to basketball boxing right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season at ben online your online sportsbook experts you might have heard it on Monday's Locked on Kings podcast when I played for you the audio from uh, Media Day, but I asked Marvin Bagley about the things that he worked on during his offseason, and at the very end of his answer, he mentioned that he, since he's been back in Sacramento, has been working very closely with Doug. Now I asked a follow-up, Doug, are we talking about assistant coach Doug Christie? And Bagley confirmed it. And I absolutely love this for Marvin. I worked with Doug Christie for many years at Sports 1140 KHDK, and I can't tell you how many times Doug said on the air and privately that he would love the opportunity to work with Marvin because he, like the rest of us, see the value in Marvin, but he sees it even more so. He sees what Marvin Bagley can be because he knows what it takes for Marvin to take that next step. And here's what's so important about Doug Christie and Marvin Bagley building a relationship and really working together. We know Marvin likes to surround himself with people who are positive. And I have criticized Marvin before and specifically criticized his camp and his family for coddling him a little bit too much or enabling him to blame the Sacramento Kings for his issues or blame the injuries for his inability to improve over the last really three seasons. Doug Christie will be Marvin Bagley's friend. Doug Christie and Marvin Bagley will get along fine, but let me promise you one thing, and I know this for a fact because I know Doug Christie well. Doug Christie will not coddle Marvin Bagley. 
Doug Christie will challenge Marvin Bagley. Doug Christie will make Marvin better. And it doesn't matter that Doug played the 2-3 in his career and Marvin Bagley is more of a 4-5. That does not matter. Doug Christie can teach Marvin Bagley so much about the game of basketball that I would not be surprised at all that we see immediate impact on Marvin's basketball IQ. How to be effective offensively, but especially the fundamentals of playing solid defense. And we know that Marvin Bagley has been terrible on the defensive end. Terrible so far in his career. Looking lost at times. Now, he did improve on that significantly last season. I'm not taking that away from him. But if we thought last year was an improvement, you give him a full year with Doug Christie, if he stays healthy, I'm predicting it right now. If Marvin Bagley, one, stays healthy, which is a big prediction, it's a big if, and two, is still on the Sacramento Kings by the end of the season, not only does that probably mean good things for the Kings, I'm guaranteeing you Marvin is going to be a night and day better defender than he is right now. Guaranteed. And he's probably going to be an overall smarter and better basketball player because of the influence of Doug Christie. And that's no disrespect to the assistant coaches that he's had in the past. But I think Doug is the type of player that can get through to Marvin in all the best ways possible. That will be his friend, be his companion, be his support, where Marvin can trust him, but not be enabled by him like he has been by members of his camp. You know, it's very similar, kind of, in a way to the relationship that head coach Mike Malone built with DeMarcus Cousins. DeMarcus had a hard time building positive relationships with his coaches here in Sacramento. And Mike Malone challenged DeMarcus. There's a famous story of Mike Malone cussing DeMarcus out in practice when Marcus said he or DeMarcus said he wasn't going to run anymore. And Mike Malone basically got in his face and said, get the hell out of my gym if you're going to bitch and moan and complain. But Mike Malone got through to DeMarcus better than anybody else because DeMarcus knew that Mike could be tough on him, but Mike also had his back. Now, we know the Kings absolutely ruined that. We don't need to go into that. But my point is, Doug Christie might be able to be that guy to really get through to Marvin. And I'm not saying that Rico Hines and other assistants on this Kings team have been unable to do that. I just think Doug can do it in a special way that only he can. So I love that pairing. And I can't wait to see what fruits it bears for Marvin Bagley and his game, if he's willing to put in the labor. I want to hear your thoughts on everything that we talked about on today's Locked On Kings podcast. At Matt George Sack on Twitter. Email me, MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. If you're watching on YouTube, leave in the comment section down below because we covered a lot. And we are going to revisit these topics, I'm sure, again and again throughout this regular season. I'm also looking forward to on a future Locked On Kings podcast, hopefully this week, I want to have a guest on uh, one of the hosts of our Locked On NBA podcast to talk about the Western Conference, how we expect the conference to shake up and what the best route is for the Kings to get into the playoffs, which teams are probably going to be in the play-in hunt, which teams we expect to maybe fall out of the playoff picture that we're in it last year, which teams are absolutely going to be at the top. We're going to do a deep dive into the Western Conference. That's going to be coming up on the Locked On Kings podcast very, very soon. So keep an eye out for that. And of course, Please continue supporting Locked On Kings. Please continue listening to Locked On Kings. Keep reaching out. I love to engage with you in conversation. If you missed my announcement yesterday, uh, Locked On Kings surpassed 1 million downloads, which is just crazy to think about. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being one of those 1 million plus downloads. I really appreciate you and look forward to uh, having you back here with me on Locked On Kings in the near future. Until the next episode, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network.